How I love your word, how it lights my path, how it guides my way. Lord, thank you for my brother. Thank you, Father, for all that you've laid on his heart. And Lord, I commit unto you, I pray, Father, that you anoint his words, Father, that Every word that goes out, Lord, every child, every adult in this room will hear it, Father. And they will hear what you are saying to their hearts and to, your heart, uh, to their hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Bless him, Father, and give him clarity of thought as he speaks. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Walter. Well, hello. Thank you for inviting me to my first time ever at 3T. And I'm loving together tea time and transformation. I'm definitely up for some of that. Are you guys? Come on. All right. Well, today what we're going to try and do is we're going to try and tell the story of what happened to the Apostle Paul in Acts 23 in the Bible. And as Walter pointed out, that's not me. Okay. I may be called Paul, but I'm not from Jerusalem or 2,000 years ago. So don't get it confused. All right. Cool. All right. And all my jokes are that bad. Just saying. Now, first off, who's got a sword? Can you wave your swords, people with swords? Fantastic. Well, in the story, you guys, you guys are going to be the Roman soldiers. And when I say the word soldiers, I want you guys to hold up your swords and say, attention, soldiers. Very good. Okay. Now, who's made a horse mask? Have we got some horses? Oh, oh look at these beautiful horses. Okay. Now, what do horses say? Very good. Oh, they're paying attention. This is good. Now, some of you might have been able to detect by now that I have a bit of an accent and that I'm not from around here because I'm from up north. And you might say we talk proper lack. But just out of curiosity, who is the most northern person in the room from the UK? I'm sorry, Maria. <laughs> Who's the most northern person? Anybody from Scotland? We've got Manchester. Anybody north of Manchester? Okay, you'll have to shout a bit louder, though. Dundee. Okay, this man will know what I'm about to say, whether it's right or wrong, so don't ask him. Um, well, up north, sometimes we would use the word nay to mean no. For example, I could ask, is this talk making any sense yet? And you would all reply, nay. Oh, they're with it. Come on. Okay, that means um, hopefully the talk will start to make sense. So when I say the word horses, I want you guys with horse masks, you can hold them up and you can say nay, which remember means no. Okay, let's give that a try. Horses. Yay. Excellent. Brilliant. Okay, spearman, you're next. Who made a spear? Oh, look at these shining spears. Brilliant. Well, when I say spearman, have you got the point? I want you guys to reply with hold up with your spears and reply. We've got the point. Spearman, have you got the point? Brilliant. Okay. You've got the hardest task. You're doing really well. Thank you. Finally, assassins. Okay. Assassins, villains. You've got your villain masks. Okay. You guys, you guys are assassins. Now, assassins, I should explain that word. They're bad people. Basically, they're killers. They're murderers. So I just want anybody who's got a villain mask to remember it's only pretend. Okay, please. Now, you assassins, you're on the lookout for Paul and you want to do him in. You want to get rid of him, and when I say get rid of him, I mean permanently. So when I say the word assassins, I want you to go like this, put your hand up, and say, have you seen Paul? 
Shall we give that a try? Assassins. Excellent. Sounded very menacing there. Brilliant. Okay, we're going to give that one really quick practice. So, soldiers. Brilliant. And the horses say? Okay, spearmen, have you got the point? Brilliant. And assassins? Oh, wow. I'm scared of you guys already. Okay. So, this is Acts 23, part one. Assassins. Well, actually, yes, we have. We've seen him, and he's on trial before the religious leaders, and he's going to get it now. Ooh, look, the high priest Ananias has just ordered for Paul to be struck on the mouth for what he said. Some of our mates tried to kill him yesterday outside the temple, but the soldiers, bit of a hesitation there, come on, pay attention, that's your job, came in and stopped us and carried Paul off to their army building. But now he's on trial, and we can see from the religious leaders' faces that he's not going to get away with it this time. Guilty. He's guilty. Like we said yesterday, get rid of this man. He doesn't deserve to live. But why was Paul on trial? Had he done something wrong? And all the horses say? Nay, he hadn't done anything wrong. He was on trial because some of the Jews were angry that he was saying that Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And not only that, he was telling all the non-Jews that Jesus could be their Savior as well, their God as well. You see, they didn't want to share God with others. They wanted to try and keep him just for them. And in fact, they pretended that they knew God better than anyone else. But the truth is, they didn't really know him at all. They showed this by their closed minds. Well, they wouldn't listen to what God had sent Paul to tell them. And their angry hearts, they wanted to kill Paul, even though he'd done nothing to deserve it. Now, Paul knew this, and he knew that because of this, he wasn't going to get a fair trial. Um, so, and God knew it too. So God, because he loves Paul, and he wants Paul to, you know, be okay, um, in that moment, God gave Paul a special bit of wisdom. And Paul knew in that moment exactly what to say to start an argument but between the religious leaders. And it split what he said, split the whole room into two with everyone yelling and shouting at each other. And then in verse 10 of Acts 23, we read this. The argument turned into a fight and the commander was afraid that the Jews would tear Paul to pieces. So he told the soldiers, getting better, to go down and take Paul away from these Jews and put him in the army building. And then we get to verse 11 and we hear this. Now really pay attention, okay? The next night, the Lord Jesus came and stood by Paul. He said, be brave. You have told people in Jerusalem about me. You must now do the same in Rome. Spearman, have you got the point? Good, I'm glad somebody has. Um, Jesus said to his disciples, in this world, you will have trouble. But be brave. I have defeated the world. And the point is that sometimes, like Paul, we might find that we're facing a whole lot of trouble. That it might not even be our fault, but like Paul, we can trust that Jesus is stood by us. He sees our struggles, our trials and our troubles, and he wants to help us overcome them. Okay, that was part one. Part two. Okay, here we go. Verses 12 and 13 from our passage say this. The next morning, some of the Jews made a plan to kill Paul. They made a promise to themselves that they would not eat or drink anything until they had killed him. There were more than 40 of them who made this plan. You see, these weren't one or two ordinary assassins. 
These were over 40 special skinny assassins. Brilliant. Okay, you're doing great. Um, They had promised not to eat and drink until they'd killed Paul. In fact, you could say that they were thirsting for blood. Yes, thank you for groaning. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. That they would literally kill for a sandwich. Yes, thank you. At least you're groaning. Come on, it's a pantomime. Um, But did they get to carry out their plan? And all the horses say? Nay, they didn't. Paul's nephew overheard their plan. Paul had a nephew, and he overheard the plan. And so he went and secretly told the commander of the Roman soldiers. (laughs) And in turn made a plan to rescue Paul. So the... Paul's nephew told the commander, and the commander made this plan to rescue Paul. So, uh, Spearman, have you got the point? Excellent. The point is that when your enemies are coming up with a plan to destroy you, God is coming up with a plan to save you. And in Isaiah 54, verse 17, it says this. People will make weapons to fight against you, but their weapons will not defeat you. Some people will say things against you, but anyone who speaks against you will be proved wrong. The Lord says that what my servants get, this is what my servants get. They get the good things that come from me, their Lord. Okay, that was part two. Now let's do part three. It's nine o'clock at night. And the commander gets you out of bed and says, okay, we're going to get Paul out of here. We're going to rescue him. There were 200 soldiers. There were 200 guys with spears. Hang on. There were 70 guys on horses. Now, Spearman, have you got the point? Yes, you have. You've got 200 of them. And you've got 200 soldiers. And they are, yeah, they're with you as well. And you've got 70 horses. And add that all together, how many of the Romans were traveling with Paul to keep him safe? Anybody do the maths? 200, 270. 470. Very good. 470. Now horses. Thank you. I've got a maths question for you, okay? And I've seen the videos on YouTube. I know that horses can count, all right? So uh, you guys, you, I've, I bet you can do this. Horses. Is 40 more than 470? Is 40 the same as 470? Is 470 more than 40? I thought I was going to catch some of you out there, but no, you are absolutely right. 470 is a lot more than 40, over 10 times more. Can you see the provision of God in protection For Paul in this moment, 40 people are out for his blood and God arranges 470 people to keep him safe. And I was interesting what you guys were saying about different trials and it made me think and I added a new note to my notes here. Is it possible that maybe you're not the one going through trial right now? Maybe right now you're one of the spearmen or one of the swordsmen or one of the guys on a horse and God is asking you maybe to do something a little bit inconvenient. To get up at 9 o'clock at night or do something like that to help them out. Because and you don't hear any of the Roman soldiers complaining. Well, they, they're under a commander. They do what the commander says. But we're under a commander too. We're under the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if we're going through trial, know that God wants to protect you. But if your friends are going through trial, maybe God wants you to pick up a sword of the word of God. Maybe he wants you to pick up a spear of prayer. Maybe he wants you to get on a horse and do something. Just throw that out there as an idea. 
Okay. The next day, assassins. But maybe this time, say it a little bit more desperately. Assassins. That was very good. Um, Because the assassins, you can imagine them saying, have you seen Paul? We're really thirsty. We're dying for something to eat. We are assassins. No, we know you haven't, and we're getting skinnier by the minute. So, Spearman, have you got the point? The point is that however many enemies are coming against you, God is able to protect you. He has a plan. He already has a plan to rescue you. Okay, you guys have played along really well there, and I'm really grateful. I want to finish my talk by just sharing a passage, another passage from the Bible, which I fit, feel fits with what Paul was going through. This is a few verses from Psalm 91. You can go to God most high to hide. You can go to God all powerful for protection. I say to the Lord, you are my place of safety, my fortress. My God, I trust in you. God will save you from hidden dangers and from deadly diseases. You can go to him for protection. He will cover you like a bird spreading its wings over its babies. You can trust him to surround you and protect you like a shield. You have nothing to fear at night and no need to be afraid of enemy arrows during the day. The Lord says, if someone trusts me, I will save them. I will protect my followers who call to me for help. When my followers call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them when they are in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will give my followers a long life and show them my power to save. If you're ever really struggling, if you're going through a trial, can I recommend Psalm 91? It's the word of the Lord to you for a trial, that he's there to protect you, that he's your God Almighty, that he's like a shield, that he's he's going to stretch his wings over you in protection. And some of you might be thinking, but wait a minute, Jesus said that in this world you will have trouble. And you're reading me a thing about a guy who doesn't have any problems because the Lord's protecting him. We're not going to be that silly, right? With God's word, we're going to read it and go, oh, wait a minute. I can read in Psalm 91 that this is who the Lord is. And this is his desire for my life, that he does want to give me a long life and he does want to help me. But also we have a higher truth. And the higher truth is this, that the Lord Jesus Christ has made it so that even if I die tomorrow, I still win. That even if I'm going through trial and it goes against me, I still win. Because in this verse in Psalm 91, it says, I will give my followers a long life and show them my power to save. But Jesus has said that even if you die tomorrow, I will show you my power to give you eternal life, to save you eternally. This is the God that we serve. So thank you so much for having me come and talk to you today. I'm just going to say a prayer to finish, and then I'm going to hand back to Walter. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this example of, in your word of your saving power of that when the enemy is trying to destroy us and coming up with plans to do us in, you have a plan to rescue us and save us from harm. And so, Lord, we choose you to be our God. We choose you and we say thank you. We put our life in your hands. Your hands are trustworthy. Thank you, Lord. Amen.